Hello, I am Dr. Rakesh Prasad. I am a senior consultant and head of the department endocrinology and Fortis Hospital, Noida. I have to present a very interesting case who happened to come to my clinic. He is, was newly diagnosed type 2 diabetes with a high baseline HbA1c level. And there have been always consensus that uh, uh, how to these, uh, manage these patients. And in due course of my talk, I'll tell you how did we do in this case. So we had this 45-year-old gentleman who was newly diagnosed with type 2 diabetes six months back, had other risk factors like obesity, hypertension, hyperlipidemia. So appropriately, he was initiated with metformin and uh, uh, advice for lifestyle and uh, diet modification was given. Despite the uh, initiation of metformin, lifestyle modification and dietary advice, his uh, lab results were uh, not very um, encouraging. His HbA1c was 8.5% and uh, his triglycerides were 200 milligram per deciliter. Since uh, he was on the obese side with a BMI of uh, 31 kg per square meter, we thought of uh, giving him something not only to address his uh, blood sugar levels, which was high, and was not responding to metformin 2 grams in a day. So we thought of initiating with the second-line therapy, and that too in a combination therapy of uh, amphagliflozin and linagliptin. So before that, uh, I'll uh, like to address uh, the concept of uh, initiating uh, a dual therapy. We have uh, known for quite some time that if uh, the glycemic control is achieved early, during the disease course, the long-term risk of microvascular and macrovascular complications are uh, very low. And this uh, we learned from this uh, UKPDS data. Not only that, we also learned that uh, in uh, from UKPDS that uh, if the sugars are controlled early on very effectively and uh, 10 years down the line, if uh, the control is, uh, say, not uh, properly done, irrespective of the fact of different HPA1C levels discussing the legacy of effect of uh, UKPDS, which uh, revealed the fact that uh, if the combination therapy, if the glycemic control is given, addressed early on and uh, achieved and uh, in the reasonable well limits of HPA1C of less than 7% and is maintained at that level, the impact of it and reduction of micro and macrovascular complications would be evident in a long-term basis. This uh, study also revealed the fact that uh, during uh, the follow-up, when the glycemic control was not so well maintained, the legacy effect in regards to reduction in micro and microvascular complications were still persistent, which implied that the importance of glycemic control early on is very important. If we do it later on, probably we'll be missing the bus and the impact in micro and microvascular complications may not be halted or we may not be giving additional benefit in regards to reduction of these complications. Now, coming to the fact that how do we address in this particular gentleman who is 45 years old and is not controlled in metformin and he's obese, he's hypertensive and appropriately treated with the uh, ACE innovators and uh, VITA blockers, and this dyslipidemia appropriately addressed with atovastatin. But uh, 
only unless we address the glycemic control, the homework is not uh, probably complete. Now, having said that, uh, the best way to address uh, such a patient who's uh, having a HbA1c beyond 8% and also has uh, been uh, having metformin 1 gram for last 6 odd months and is not getting control is to think of initiating a dual therapy and uh, a combination therapy, which probably would be able to address not only uh, the glycemic control, but maybe probably also be important in uh, imparting the additional uh, benefit in regards to this weight loss. And probably we also know that these patients usually have some kind of early diastolic failure, which may be probably at this equally well. And the best drug that suits it probably is uh, SGLT2 class of drugs which not only address the glycemic control and the important part of it is they are beta cell independent. So irrespective of the beta cell status, they are going to impact the glycemic control. And equally important is that since they cause loss of interstitial volume as well as some amount of intravascular volume, the chances of reducing the diastolic heart failure with the patient because of his uncontrolled diabetes and obesity has and hypertension has probably would be well addressed. Now, the limitation of uh, these SGLT2 inhibitors is they may cause some amount of, uh, say, in two odd percent of patients, they may cause some amount of uh, mycotic and genital infections or they may cause, in uh, extreme cases, uh, extensive form of these infections. The good part is that if we add a combination in form of BPP4 inhibitors, not only the glycemic control is adverse, the important aspect of it is the, the complications in form of uh, genital infections are equally well addressed. Since it is said that DPP4 inhibitors also inhibit the DPP4 enzymes in the bacteria and the fungi, and reduce the chances of UTI. So at one end, we are getting an uh, addressal of glycemic control in a beta cell dependent fashion, which is glucose dependent, and also non-beta cell dependent fashion with in form of SGLT2 inhibitors, and addressing the complications in form of genital infection. So we thought of initiating this patient on uh, EMPA-LENA combination, and the initial dose we chose was 5 milligram of lenagliptin and ampagliptin of 45 milligram. The HbA1c reduction has been, uh, in this combination, has been documented in various studies to be tune of 1.8% to 2% at the end of 24 weeks in subgroup of patients who had HbA1c beyond 8.5%. So we, in our subject, probably uh, we also had this effect in regards to the HbA1c reduction, which was initially beyond 8.5% with uh, metformin, now got back to less than 7 with initiation of EMPA and LENA with no genital infections and better controlled blood pressure. And his weight over a period of six months also was equally addressed. Thank you.